0: Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media, to make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. To God forever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and to the ages of ages, amen. Good morning. It's great to see everyone today in the church. Our meditation this morning is entitled, Add to Your Faith Virtue, and is being inspired by today's Catholic epistle reading that we just heard in the liturgy today, taken from the second epistle of St. Peter, chapter 1 where he says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness. And we're just gonna take a very small part of this verse to speak about the two main pillars of our Christian identity. For many of us, we meet people at work randomly, in uh, parties or celebrations, gatherings. And um, the first thing that we do, we introduce ourselves, we go up to them and we say, good morning, my name is such and such. And then uh, the very next question is like, what do you do? Uh, tell me a bit about yourself. And then we start referencing uh, maybe our education or our jobs, our career, our family members, etc. But that all boils down to our identity, like who we are. And St. Paul, actually, in the, the beginning of most of his epistles, as well as St. Peter, also in the beginning of this epistle, he would begin always by introducing himself as a bond servant of Jesus Christ. Peter or Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. That's his own identity. Who is he as a person doesn't boil down all the time to particular degrees or family or things that I have done, but my identity rests in the knowledge that I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's why we ask ourselves often, so what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? And throughout the scriptures, we find that the two pillars of this identity rests in two particular avenues. Number one, faith in God, and secondly, virtuous living. And St. Peter confirms this thought here in this passage where he says, to add to your faith virtue. So our journey with Jesus Christ begins with having solid and confidence faith, and then this is supplemented by Christian living or application of this faith, which is a virtuous life. Even today in the gospel, we heard a rich young ruler who came up to Jesus. And he asked him the big question. What shall I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? And of course, our Lord Jesus referred to the commandments. And the commandments always rest. And Jesus was asked the same questions over in different gospels. And Jesus would say two main things need to apply here. Number one, love of God. And number two, it's the love of neighbor. These are the two pillars upon which... Our Christian identity lies. So many other scripture readings and teachings of the Holy Fathers tell us that we have to begin our journey with God with absolute faith and then supplement that with a living Christian identity, which is um, a virtuous life. So let's speak a little bit today about faith, what it means and then virtue, what it means, and then finally we will conclude with um, the application of such commandments of God. Um, Yesterday, um, I was driving up to the retreat. We have a youth retreat happening this weekend um, and in in Fair Havens, which is like about an hour away from here. And we should be very proud of our youth. Honestly, uh, we are inspired by uh, our young people who are holding on to their faith, who are living their faith, despite the fact that we're living in a very secular world today. But we have so many amazing examples of faithful Christians, and uh, you have just done an amazing job in raising your children and nurturing them in the church to grow with such an outstanding faith. And uh, we had a beautiful conversation in the car. I was taking some people who couldn't go on Friday. So we drove up yesterday uh, about church and about faith. And they were expressing the, um, the significance of faith and what it meant to them. Uh, to be Christians living in the world today. And despite the challenges they were speaking about, how God is using them to testify as a testimony amongst their friends. And these are high school students. I mean, it's difficult to be 15, 16 and witnessing to to their faith. And then uh, some of them asked like several questions. And we were going back and forth about faith and identity in Christ and uh, one of them really said an inspiring statement to the extent that i can't imagine what it's like to live without christ in the world today because you would be living without hope Uh, and and all those who have lost their faith in in god in a very secular world they're living just day by day and uh, they have nothing to look forward to But faith gives us excitement and and gives us a purpose in life to to go on and uh, to continue our journey in life to be successful, etc. And um, we were looking around the fields and of course it was uh, snowing. And all the snow on the ground was mounting up. And someone said, Father, are you a, a winter person? I said, no, Father Thomas is, is the winter person. I'm, I'm the summer person. We kind of split up the seasons this way when it comes to sports. However, for winter, there's one thing that always baffles my mind. When I see the snowflakes coming down, I learned once and I saw a book, I read a book that says that they they took pictures of each snowflake and it has its own fingerprint. Every snowflake is unique and has a, a very profound and beautiful shape that when you look at it under a microscope or through a magnifying glass, you find that God put his fingerprint on each and every one of those snowflakes that's just gonna drop to the ground and either form a big mountain or melt right away. But how amazing is God, and when we look at creation in the sense of God's handiwork and his own fingerprints that impact every aspect of our life, we can start to look at winter in a completely different uh, vision and manner. And it was just a beautiful conversation, and of course in the trip they were up and praising God and worshiping and having wonderful fellowship. So you should be very proud of of your children, and we thank God for them each and every day. Add to faith virtue, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. The epistle uh, of St. Paul to the Hebrews um, has a whole chapter dedicated just to faith. And uh, he would say, by faith, Enoch, and by faith, Moses, and by faith, Abraham, etc. But um, Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, in particular, verse uh, 6, would speak about the necessity of faith for our spiritual life. And uh, St. Paul would say, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is... And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the word faith comes from the Greek word pistis. And pistis means to believe, to trust, and to have confidence in. And our belief in God forms a foundational factor in our spiritual journey. Belief in God gives us hope, gives us joy, gives us confidence that we are walking not with our own mind, but according to the will of of the creator of this whole universe. The one who has established the seas and the heavens and the earth, what is above and what is beneath. He is the creator of each and every one of us and he still governs the universe. Now we are living in a very secularized world. It's very intellectual and everyone, if we have a group of 10 people walking down the street, each person is gonna have their own belief or their own ideology about God. But what we need today is not to compare ourselves with others but to figure out what do we believe in what is our faith in jesus christ what is our belief in god and um, we have a statement of faith that we sing together say together hopefully all of us will say it audibly and with a loud voice the early church fathers and theologians established a statement of the faith and this is very important for us not just to recite audibly but to really take into our hearts when we say together we believe in one god so that profession of faith that there is one and only creator of this universe he does not have any competition he is omnipotent he is omnipresent he is omniscient and he governs this universe with kindness and with love god the father the Pentocrator, creator of heaven and earth and of all things seen and unseen We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ. God at a certain time came down and was incarnate from the Virgin Mary and became man. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. We believe also in the resurrection of the flesh and the coming and the end of times when the Lord will come back to judge the living and the dead and give each one according to his his deeds, and we believe in one only holy Catholic, meaning universal and apostolic church of God. This is a confession of the faith that I must take into my heart and try my best to live by its tenets and understand it. And thus faith has been from the beginning of time, foundational to how we conduct our life, how we live our life. We believe that Jesus Christ, our Lord died was rose from the dead, ascended to the heavens for my own salvation, for your own salvation and eternal life. This is foundational. This is not just words that we recite, but it forms our true identity in Christ. All of the early church fathers and theologians and, uh, and faithful people were willing to sacrifice even their life for the sake of this faith and for the confession of, of this faith what did they do these early martyrs they quenched the violence of fire they escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness were made strong became valiant in battle turned to flight the armies of the aliens women received their dead raised to life again others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Yesterday we celebrated the Feast of Saint Damien and Cosman and their mother and their brothers and sisters. And they didn't care about death because they were given an option to deny their faith or be killed and they chose to be killed. And that's the spirit of the Church of the Martyrs. The Orthodox Church is known as the Church of the Martyrs because it's offered so many saints to heaven martyrs and believers and confessors because we would stand strong and confess our faith and this is the Lord Jesus Christ working in his church and I can assure you that this spirit is present in this generation I can assure you that our children the little ones the youth the young adults have taken from the older generation this confessional of the faith where they stand firm in the love of knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The second pillar is just as important as a confessional of the faith. The life, the application of the faith shows in virtue. Add to your faith virtue. This is our meditation for tonight, for this morning. So what is virtue? Virtue is the fruit of faith. So if you can imagine that faith is like a tree, in order to have fruit, it's important to have fruit. Remember when the Lord Jesus went um, to, to seek the, the fruit uh, from from that tree that had a lot of uh, um, uh, like, um, just like signs of life, right? A lot of leaves, but he went to look for the, the fig tree for fruit and he couldn't find, um, and also, John the Baptist, when he uh, looked at the nation of Israel, he said, you must have fruit that is worthy of your repentance. So faith is not just enough by itself because it must have its own fruit. You and I are living in the world; We work, we exercise, we communicate with people. And the fruit of this faith comes in the way that we conduct ourselves and also inside our church. The scriptures would speak in the uh, epistle of um, St. James. And uh, at the end of uh, chapter 1, the necessity to have this fruit. Let's hear the words of the beautiful St. James. He said, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. What does this mean? It means that we must be aware and have a 360 vision on the needs of the world that is around us. We can't just enclose ourselves between the four walls of the church and say, this is just my practice of the faith, I just want to save myself, I want to take care of myself, And um, I'm not really concerned about what the world around me is happening in it. No, there's a lot of suffering in the world. A lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of people who are injured, whether they are physically or spiritually or emotionally or psychologically. And what the scripture is telling us today, that you and I must have an active role in becoming healers to the world. Jesus came as a physician to heal all the pains and suffering and the trauma that is happening in the world. And he has left you and I as agents, as physicians, for the souls, the bodies, and the spirits of the hurts that exist all around us. Let's begin by considering hurts inside the church. It is really unfortunate that the hospital where people are supposed to come in and find healing has become the cause and the reason for some people's trauma. A lot of people have left the church because of their experiences with the church. The fact that people may judge each other, the fact that people may um, take advantage of one another, people in authority or those who have power may take advantage of that power and to hurt the weak and the the vulnerable uh, people. Sometimes we marginalize other people, individuals who might not be as affluent in their socioeconomic status. Maybe we can use the pulpit, and this has happened before, to um, speak about certain categories of people to marginalize them, for example, like women, like persons with disabilities, uh, like persons with mental illnesses, experiencing mental illnesses, experiencing homelessness. The church in the past has marginalized uh, people who have different skin colors or have different ethnicities and this caused a lot of pain and hurt and we want to proclaim now that the church of god is a hospital not a courtroom like saint john the baptist said i'm sorry saint john chrysostom said he said the church is a hospital not a courtroom where people don't need to come in to be judged they come in to be healed to find the spirit of god to find people who are faithfully living the gospel And are willing to extend that grace to others who are around them when we sit together do we start talking about someone who is beside us in front of us what their faults are we should look at our own faults first and judge ourselves before we judge others when someone is missing do we call them and ask about them and tell them Jesus loves you we missed you today healing has to start from within the church community not from outside we start with ourselves first And think how we can become agents of grace. Growing in virtue is just as important as growing in faith. But even beyond that, with our own testimony about the faith, when we are placed in a position to sin, to fall into temptation, it's a very important way to resist that temptation like Joseph did when he was tempted to fall in sin. No one would have blamed him. He was inferior, he was just a slave sold in Egypt. The wife of Potiphar, you know, was in a position of power when she asked him to sin. But he considered and said, how can I commit this great sin and sin towards God? He was so faithful towards God and he considered the fact that God is the one who sees him. And that's why he was able to grow in virtue because he already learned of his faithfulness towards God. Furthermore, as a church community, we must realize all of the hurts that exist in the community around us, whether they are local, national, or or international, and do our best to help in any way, even in a small way, because sometimes we think, oh, we must change the whole world. No, change my home. Witness to your family. Witness to your surroundings at work. Someone was uh, telling me earlier that Um, They had a meeting with some of their colleagues at work and uh, they discovered that they were actually Christians. They were good Christians. Maybe they were Christians of different denominations, but working with them for such a long time, the topic of uh, religion or faith never came up until they were, uh, you know, having lunch together in a casual place. And naturally the conversation grew to say, well, I'm a member of this church and I'm a member of this church. Even though it might seem we're living in a secular world, I can assure you there's so many Christians who are waiting to be reached out to and other people of different faiths and religions just to experience the love of God. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. I was speaking with... uh, a wonderful person who has experienced a lot of trauma lately and one of the things she mentioned she said i thank god that the community the church community didn't leave me during my time of pain somebody was bringing me um, some uh, like food so people were calling me uh, people reached out to check up on me and this is what kept me going through the troubled times doing something small in kindness acts of random kindness to other people, it makes a big difference. It's not how, works are not how we are saved, but also we are not saved apart from our own works. Meaning that it's really important for each one of us to be a light that shines in the midst of darkness, to be a salt to the earth and light to the world as we spoke last week. It's a very foundational part of our Christian identity. My dear friends, today's message, Um, to each one of us, is to start taking a step forward in our spiritual life, in our commitment to God. First, to evaluate my faith, my connection with God. To have this confidence that the creator of the universe and its sustainer is on my side, is on your side. He is a true father who loves each and every one of us, who cares for us. He who has known us by name, created us in his own image and likeness is extending his hand to have a personal and a loving relationship with each and every one of us my response has to be more commitment more confidence in the presence of god in my life and this will naturally translate to a changed life to a renewed life a life of joy and a life of hope and a life that of service to other people who are in my uh, surrounding and within my context, whether it be my family members, friends, um, uh, colleagues at work, uh, partners, neighbors, all of these people will feel the love of God when I experience a transformed life. May our Lord Jesus bless us today as we accept his holy word, as we prepare for his own incarnation into the world to, to bring us peace and joy, and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.